Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, November 11th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Yumi AMA, hosted by Cosmos Spaces. Let's take a listen. All right. We have a couple tweets out there. If you guys want to go ahead and just give a couple retweets and, and share the, the room so we can get everybody in here, um, get them ready for uh, this awesome space we've got. Um, talk about all the new stuff Umi's got going on, um, lending markets. You know, of course, that's something that's really missing in the cosmos. Um, so appreciate everybody showing up today. I'm here for the uh, Cosmos Spaces with Umi. Um, if you love what Cosmos Spaces are doing and want to support us, um, what we're doing, um, you can delegate to our validators. Um, we have a link up top to find out where we're at. Um, if you have any other uh, questions uh, for today while we're doing the space, feel free to um tag the space and ask your question um or dm us and we'll make sure to get to those at the end um we have time um but let's uh go ahead and kind of jump into things we got a good good room going i appreciate everybody showing up today um so um let's hand it over to the uh umi team i just want to get a little intro from uh you guys as a team um if you guys want to go through and uh, enter yourselves kind of the backstory of uh how you guys got into crypto and um kind of joined the umi team and kind of uh a little more of what umi is doing and bringing into the cosmos yeah absolutely you know we're really happy to be here um you know thanks for having us on the on the uh cosmos spaces um yeah some background about umi you know we're a cosmos sdk based chain um built on tenement bft proof stake consensus you know we're focused on the bar and the lending side and in the broader picture we want to focus on bringing the overall debt capital markets or the bond markets to crypto. And we're just doing it piece by piece, starting with um, a few of the native building blocks, such as a money market, such as building different yield protocols and just expanding from there and including different types of bond and lending. Um, you know, before this, I was uh, um, I was at, at AIB, uh, formerly Tenderman or Ignite. I uh, worked with a lot of the, the Cosmos OGs throughout the the launch of the uh, the Cosmos network and and implementing IBC. Before that, I was an early employee at Consensus, the software company. Did a lot of stuff in Ethereum. You know, worked with uh, some of the Ethereum OGs in the in the early days. And uh, yeah, we're we're really excited about building out the uh, the the UMI protocol. Um, we got Brandon and and uh, Adam Wozniak here as well. Um, and uh, you know, looking forward to to getting this going. Do you guys want to give an intro as well? Yeah, sure. So um, for me, I've been in fintech um, my whole career. So starting out and building like digital banking systems for some of the larger banks and then um, making my way through to uh, big tech for Amazon was like my last role before crypto. Um, got tired of the big tech scene, really wanted to jump into big th to Web3 because that was like my biggest passion outside of, you know, work. So I wanted to make it my work. And so that's how I ended up linking up with Umi, um, really fell in love with the vision and 
kind of decided between like some Ethereum projects and Cosmos. And it just seemed like Cosmos was like where all the innovation was happening. Um, Osmosis was already going and I kind of fell in love with Osmosis, to be honest. And that was like how what really showed me on the uh, app chain vision. So wanted to hop on with uh, Umi and haven't looked back since. Yeah. And um, I guess I'm the last of them. Um, you know, my name's Adam. People call me Waz. And, uh, you know, I started my career over in fintech as well, just like Brandon, um, you know, started as an intern at a small, you know, white label credit card company um, when I was about 17, building out like PCI um, infrastructure and, you know, redesigning uh, the data centers. And I, I didn't really get into crypto until I um, realized that there was a, a legitimate and uh, more adult version of uh, what crypto can be in the cosmos, you know, uh, with, you know, validators and proof of stake consensus and, you know, like participating governance. Um, I've, I've really found that, you know, this is the right avenue to make a change. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't really uh, red pilled into crypto until I found cosmos. So, um, but yeah, I'm on the Yumi team and it, it's been a wild ride uh, for the past year and it's going to keep going crazy. Awesome. Uh, nice to meet you all. Um, so it sounds like you guys have, you know, pretty broad experience. Um, how, how big is your, is the entire team that you guys have at, at UMI? Yeah, so we're about 30 people so far. Um, you know, we're, we're going strong. Uh, part of this ecosystem is about, is about growing, uh, but it's also about growing responsibly. So, you know, we have uh, a few engineering teams, one focused on product, the other focused on blockchain. And then the other on infrastructure. So, you know, a good group of guys, and we're just looking forward to growing throughout the uh, the different market cycles. Awesome, yeah. I, it it was really it was really cool. I think the first time I had a lot of exposure to you guys was um, Brent, your your kind of keynote at um, at Cosmoverse. Uh, I highly recommend people check that out. Although I'm pretty sure we're going to cover a lot of the stuff that that you went over in this space. Um, I guess we'll kind of dive in. If you guys have any questions, uh, just kind of hold them to the end and we can either bring you up or if you if you shoot it to us uh, uh, in a DM or something, we'll, we'll get to them. Um, so the tokenomics of UMI, I guess we'll just dive right in. Um, for those of you that haven't been on UMI, there are two, uh, two chains. You guys are Cosmos Native and also um, Ethereum. So there are two tokens for UMI, the ERC-20 and then the, the Cosmos Native. Um, do you want to kind of maybe discuss the differences between the two for for those that would be interested in entering like the umi ecosystem yeah sure so really the big difference is well the erc20 is just like a gravity bridge version of our native token um really the intention there was to just give a path for like an a fiat onboarding system like um you know centralized exchanges and anything like that just giving everyone the widest access to the umi token but really the intention um, or the end game of having both is really to bring to bridge the gap between the Ethereum and the Cosmos ecosystem. So one thing that we're exploring, and we can get into it later, is native cross-chain uh, borrowing and lending. And so that's really what the UMI token is going to power across the board. Um, imagine if you didn't have to, say, bridge your Ethereum to uh, UMI to use it as collateral. That's the intention that we're going we're going to get to it's you can use your ethereum as collateral on ethereum still and you can still use that to borrow on uh, cosmos and then event eventually that'll go to any chain um this is something that we're really focused on for one of our next major product sets and um, we're really excited for 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I think like one of the big things that stood out to me is like, so the UMI token on, on um, at least the Cosmo native version is, is still able to be, you know, staked and using governance proposals and things like that. Whereas the ERC-20 is more just kind of like a, a representation and, and more of like a trading mechanism. Is that, is that correct? That's correct as is, but think about the way like the Quicksilver team and maybe even the Stride team are looking at like being able to vote when you're liquid staking. Um, you could see the same thing being applied in the future with the UMI ERC20 token. So something that's way down the line, of course, but something that's on our mind. Sure. Um, and then as far as like the Cosmos token, obviously we can get it on, you know, the DEXs that we have over here, uh, Osmosis. Uh, where where would we be able to find the ERC20 version um, of the UMI token? That can be found on a host of different uh, centralized exchanges. I believe, well, Brent, do you do you have like a list handy? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, tokens available on uh, OKX, Gate, Gate.io, uh, MEXC. Um, you know, it was available at, on FTX, but uh, FTX is uh, going through some, some uh, troubles right now. I don't know if anyone's heard about those. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the as Brendan mentioned, you know, the goal really is to connect between Cosmos and Ethereum. Um, you know, Cosmos is a is a major growing org, uh, ecosystem. Um, you know, I I think Cosmos is really the the future architecture of how Web three should be built based on a, a communication protocol like IBC. But keep in mind, Ethereum is you know the granddaddy of them all. It's where all the activity is. And our goal is really to bridge the gap between those two major ecosystems, and we we see you know having the token in both ecosystems is is a, a is a way to really bring connectivity between the between the two worlds. So, um, yeah, that, that that's the way we see it. Yeah, I mean, I think I hope that's not lost on people. The fact that I would be able to have native Ethereum in on the UMI platform and then use that as collateral to borrow something on the Cosmos is pretty pretty awesome. I think. A lot of, you know, cosmonauts are, you know, kind of opposed to this, you know, this bridging kind of mentality because we see all the risks associated with it. So the fact that, I mean, and during the Terra collapse, I got wrecked because I brought my ETH over and threw it into anchors, you know, so it was like, uh, there are a lot of, you know, risks associated with doing that. So the fact that we'd be able to have, you know, EVM assets on UMI, but, but being able to, you know, borrow and lend with Cosmo native assets is pretty, pretty huge. So that's pretty awesome. Um, as far as the token goes, uh, I guess just, you know, the, the next, I think, big thing that people, people would like to know about is, uh, what are the tokenomics of UMI, uh, as far as like, you know, the supply, the distribution, uh, kind of like what, what maybe the breakdown of percentage of tokens to who and, and any like unnotable, like, uh, you know, unlocks coming up in the future that people should be made aware of. Yeah, certainly. So all of the tokenomics are, are public, uh, available for folks to see. Um, effectively, you know, there's there's a total of 10, 10 billion uh, in, uh, engaging in Tendermint BFD proof of stake consensus. Uh, effectively, uh, when a certain amount is staked, it, it modifies the, uh, the inflation affiliated with the token. Um, so the rough breakdown is with community. Uh, the majority of tokens are with community. Um, you know, a portion, I believe it was roughly 14% was, was uh, for seed and strategic investors in the early rounds. And then 5% was allocated to the coin list um, in, the, in the early days. Um, but in terms of token distribution, um, 
uh, like uh, regarding unlocks or regarding different timelines with 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 the unlocks. Um, uh, so I believe it was roughly six months after the Genesis event where vesting started um, for for some of the token amounts, uh, and then team allocation uh, constitutes fifteen uh, percent of the tokens. So overall, um, overall, it's a pretty uh, you know pretty standard distribution. Um, as well as uh, Umi Labs, uh, you know, has a ten percent of of tokens, and those are actually vesting over a eight year unlock period. So that's the uh, that's the structure of uh, of the token economics. Cool, yeah, and and we'll get into it in a in a little bit where we talk about governance. But uh, uh, some of that actually goes to the a community pool. That's that's a pretty awesome kind of uh, way to give give back tokens to the community. It's it seems like it's just kind of kicked off. Uh, like a community DAO. Um, okay, cool. Um, and I, I, I don't know if, uh, I think you had it on your site. Uh, are, are there any prominent kind of investors that you can or are able to kind of speak to that have invested into me? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, we got great support from Polychain. Polychain led our seed round. We also have you know you know major support from uh, consent uh, from uh, from Coinbase. So Coinbase was you know one of our early supporters in the ecosystem. Uh, you know Consensus, my former company, uh, invested as well as uh, Tendermint. And so you know everywhere I had a chance to work in crypto in the past has shown some you know really support for you know what we want to build towards the future. You know we got some support from you know the IDEO collapse of the world. You know. Um, uh, from uh, Brian Kelly from from CNBC. So overall, you know, great great support. You know, also validators, um, you know, like Stakefish, Cosmos Station, and uh, Figment have have uh, supported us. You know, from the investment side, and uh, overall, we're just here to to build out this this ecosystem and just get more support from Cosmos and 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 help expand the overall interchain and IBC network. Um, you know, IBC for the win. IBC is uh, the thing that's going to connect us all together, and I see it being the future for for everything in this space. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of building, uh, so I guess let's get into the products that you guys offer. Um, I, I believe that the the current stuff uh, just went. You had like a you know a fairly long kind of test net, um, and, and then and then you just kind of recently launched. Is that is that correct? As far as at least the Cosmos side, as far as borrowing and lending. Yeah, so we had the Ethereum side ready to go, um, just because that's a little bit simpler of an implementation. But yeah, we had a pretty long testnet because our testnet actually coincided with the Terra Luna situation. And so we learned a lot of lessons, like what safety mechanisms we have to put. So it was almost like a blessing in disguise because like I was a huge anchor user and I kind of I, I was like part of that crew that was like, at 150% of their LTV at a certain point because liquidations became unprofitable. So um, through some of my financial woes with that, uh, definitely learned a lot. So we have a lot of safety mechanisms like um, supply utilization rates um, that basically form a cap. We have um, max collateral share. Like we want to make sure that no one no one uh, asset ever becomes like the dominant like use case on UMI so that it could like form like a cascading downturn. Um, like you had with Luna. So definitely blessing in the skies. And now we have actually launched our, our core leverage module and our Oracle module um, in, in mainnet that happened uh, actually while we were at Cosmoverse. Uh, we got to get together and we launched it um, with lots of help from everyone in the Cosmos community as well. 
had some folks from like the uh, Interchange GmbH help us out with it and really helped all around. So definitely it was like a community event um, to get that up, but it's up and running. Um, what we're looking forward to now is we have some Oracle changes coming in so that we can support small cap um, small cap assets, really like low liquidity stuff, because a lot of the stuff in Cosmos is pretty low liquidity right now when you compare it to Ethereum, like we mentioned. So we want to make sure that we can support those assets, but in a safe and, and secure manner. So that's that's our next feature that we're releasing in the next couple of weeks. And then after that, you'll see a lot of cool assets like the uh, liquid staking derivatives come to UMI. Yeah, I, what are the? I think the the things that on the Cosmos side that can be uh, you know borrowed and supplied are the UMI token, um, Axel USDC, and Atom. Uh, I know right now there's a ton of, and we'll probably. Well, I guess we can just go over it now. There's a ton of governance proposals to add, like you said, just to add new new types of collateral. I think you they just uh, I think in the Discord this morning I saw that they put up a proposal for like five or six. So I'm assuming that's keeping uh, Mr. Mr. Waz there pretty busy. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about what what things are? I I think there's like I said I think there's like five or six. Can you touch on what what things you might be adding here in the near future? Uh yeah. So, um, I mean, I actually was working on this pretty late last night on our Canon 2 testnet. Um, some of the assets we're thinking about adding are, um, you know, a lot of Axelar assets, some, some Bitcoin, some Ethereum, um, and a couple other things. But you'll, you'll see them on governance uh, way sooner than later. That's for sure. Right, Brandon? Oh, yeah. You're going to see them probably, what, today, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Some of these assets, just to give you an idea of what they are. Is there like your major um, like blue chip assets, like your Bitcoins of the world, um, Ethereum and then DAI, um, really things that are supported, like Waz mentioned, through Axelar. The biggest inhibitor right now is having like a like a dedicated price feed that for these IBC assets, like, for example, like ST Atom for, for like that's like probably the golden standard of what we're trying to accomplish in terms of collateral. I think a lot of people want to use their ST Atom as collateral. Um, and, and all of the liquid staking derivatives, it's kind of the point of them, right? So we want to be able to support those, but they're really only, I mean, what what DEXs or centralized exchanges are they on in order to get a price feed? Well, they're really only on osmosis. And so that's what Waz is working on around the clock right now is to get an osmosis price feed um, get going. There is a current one, um, but it it doesn't give you the the accurate price data that to the standard of what a leverage protocol needs. So that's why we have such a huge focus on the uh, price feeder in the Oracle right now. We want to get that going so we can get all these assets and all your favorite assets, stars, whatever it may be, onto UMI as soon as possible. Yeah, and just for some people that, I mean, might be kind of new to understanding what UMI is. So when we say borrow and lend, can we kind of go through like a scenario of why why someone would maybe want to, you know, post up their, you know, their Atom or their ST Atom or their you know, USDC or their UMI and what, what they can do with it? Yeah, absolutely. So the sort of standard process for leverage is you want to have like an appreciating asset as your collateral option. So something like a ST Atom. Um, people from Loon, from the Terra days are probably really familiar with this, maybe a little too familiar with it with Anchor. But um, you want some sort of collateral option that you think is going to appreciate and then you want to borrow stablecoins so you can still yield farm. So the idea is, you know, we have all these assets that are staked and they are high producing in terms of like APY, but that APY is going to go down over time. Like as more people participate in staking and it becomes more popular, especially as these liquid staking derivatives come out and it's easier to participate in staking, there's less risk. 
um, there's going to be a, an increase in stakers, which decreases that overall APY based on the inflation rate. It gets closer and closer to the inflation rate. And as you know, these chains are doing their halvings and their thirdings and all these different ways that they're decreasing inflation, you'll see that staking reward percentage go down. And so naturally, there's going to be a, a want to chase yield. Um, there's going to be new projects that come out that offer high APYs. And users are going to have to make the choice of, okay, well, do I want to stake or do I want to participate in DeFi? Leverage allows you to come out and say, okay, well, I can do both. I can use my staking derivatives and still have that APY. But if I want to chase some yield, I can borrow some stable coins, swap it to that, to that token and provide them there. You can also do things like delta neutral strat strategies. So say you want to participate in a LP, but you don't necessarily know if it's going to go up and down. You can borrow half of the asset, buy the other half, and, and create some sort of delta neutral strategy. You can do a bearish LP. It just it just allows you to have such a sophisticated investment process that the Cosmos really doesn't have yet. And that's what we're hoping to bring here. There's also other things like if you wanted to chase, like if you want to just, if you really believe in Atom, or if you really believe in stars or, or whatever the case may be, whatever you're bullish on, you can do loops. So get your SD, SD stars, for example, use that as collateral, maybe borrow some stars, swap it to uh, ST stars. And now you're, now you're actually in getting more leverage, uh, more staking yield um, through that. You can also borrow USD, USDC and swap that to stars and just really make a bullish play on stars. So this really makes the, the investment pr properties of Cosmos just so much more sophisticated. Yeah, it's definitely bringing me back to like the, the anchor anchor days. Um, so, you know, got to got to get over a little bit of PTSD. Uh, so definitely uh, know what you're doing and, and, you know, kind of get get some knowledge about it. There's tons of resources out there and, and make sure you're doing it kind of safely and effectively when you're when you especially when you're first getting started. Um, one of the, the things that you announced at Cosmoverse was uh, hopefully I don't murder this. Oho um your uh cosmo native oracle uh did you guys want to chat about that a little bit yeah um so oho is you know this huge undertaking that we're launching because um what, what we started to see is the oracle that we built to support this lending protocol is starting to be adopted naturally by other parts of the you know the cosmos uh kujira is actually running a version of our price feeder right now on their mainnet and uh the notional guys are working on bringing um, our Oracle and our price feeder over to Juno to allow for uh, smart contracts to have access to these super low latency prices, which is super, super cool. Um, and as a result of that, as, you know, as a team, we kind of came together and said, um, you know, we, we need to give this at, to the rest of the cosmos as a service. So OHO is going to be a way for other chains to essentially over uh, IBC queries or Cosm Wasm or however other method you end up getting the prices, um, just utilize these incredibly low latency and highly secure prices. So it, it's really going to enable um, you know a whole new version of um, you know DeFi for Cosmos. And you know, long term, the the vision's even you know greater than just a pricing oracle. I mean, imagine like. Um, you know, with with Umi and Oho together, imagine like, you know, borrowing and lending your Stargaze NFTs and stuff like that. Um, you know, we, we have a really broad vision for this project. And um, I, I'm personally super excited about it. I don't know about you guys, but it, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. And and when so you said some place some places like Kuji is already kind of utilizing some aspects of that. When would you anticipate that being kind of uh, I guess rolled out to like the broader ecosystem? Um, the the Oho product we we would like to be in uh, quarter one launch. Um, you know we have our Oracle technology. We're very confident in it. I'm working with the validators right now actually on um, you know a governance process kind of tailoring it to make it a little bit better. The main thing that we need to work on is uh, creating an interchain query module that other chains can adopt and just use right away. So we're going to have um, you know test nets. We're going to have a lot of involvement from the Cosmos community to make sure that we do it correctly. We're going to do audits uh, you know, for sure. We've gone through multiple audits for our Oracle module already, and we need to be safe about these interchain you know, queries. So, I mean, you know, quarter one is hopeful. It's, it's very aggressive. And, um, you know, I tend to be aggressive when I, when I plan launches. Um, but, yeah, that, that's around then. And then hopefully we can just start onboarding chains right after we launch on mainnet. And I do just want to throw out there, for any chains that are interested in getting the Oracle, I do want to clarify why we're launching our own our own chain. So for chains like Juno, they have a lot of core devs and they they on this. The Oracle process is pretty arduous. It's pretty cumbersome. And, and you have to have basically like your validators run a sidecar process. Um, and it, it can get pretty um, it can get pretty complex. And especially with our V2 coming out of our price feeder we're, and our Oracle, we're adding a lot of functionality for safety. And all of this complexity is going to add a lot of maintenance, right? So it's going to be much easier for smaller chains um, like the Comdexes of the world and, and so forth to just use our interchain queries module and let us focus on, you know, providing the best Oracle possible with low latency and, all, and maximum uptime. Um, so that's the idea behind this. So any chains that are interested, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we will have, like Waz mentioned, a, a public test net. We'd love to have some of you participate um, so that we can see your different use cases, get your delivery methods down so that this is the most, you know, chain-centric solution out there. So are you coining the phrase here, Oracle as a service? Is that what I'm hearing? I, I think we might have to steal that from you, but yes. That's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Cool. Um, one of the other things that you announced, uh, I guess this is the talk of the town, right? Since we're talking uh, lending and borrowing a lot these days because of what's going on with FTX. Uh, did you guys want to talk about the uh, UDX product uh, that you guys are launching in the lending DAO? Yeah, I can talk a bit about that. So the the, the lesson that we learned from this last uh, that's this last cohort of blowups in the lending ecosystem is that Crypto borrowing and lending is so immature, it's so it's so broken, and it doesn't work. We saw this with BlockFi, Celsius, Nexo, Voyager, Vault, um, and we saw it with FTX as well. Like FTX, the reason why there is just such a huge blow up is because they rehypothecated their assets, they you know took customer funds and lended them out using FTT as collateral, and these are all really bad borrowing and lending practices. Um, and so the basis of, of our thesis with UDX is that barn and lending is so immature in the overall crypto space, and we need to build the necessary tools to make it safer and better. So this includes not just building like high-level tools, but build, building um, different foundational infrastructure, sort of the, the plumbing, the plumbing needed for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for different barn and lending tools. So building things such as a yield curve, a repo market, a uh, term structure of interest rates, credit, credit quality. Um, but the basis for, for UDX is that 
um, for all loans issued on UDX, we want them to have a, a loan-specific blockchain. What this means is that there'd be a blockchain uh, endemic to the, to the loan itself. And what this does is this underwrites the loan directly into the IBC network, basically allowing you to have you know, different IBC connections into a, a loan-specific ecosystem, as well as allowing different TVL and forms of collateral onto the loan-specific chain to be used as you know, different, different lending components. And so this overall sums up a, a vision of bringing the, the, the debt capital markets and the bond markets to crypto by you know, setting the infrastructure using you know, specific blockchains. We think that in the future, there's going to be you know, thousands of blockchains, and this is sort of the catalyst that we want to use to do it. Awesome. Yeah, that, that'd be really, really exciting. Again, just the, the environment that we're in, it seems like um, transparency is, you know, uh, the, the, the greatest disinfectant um, for, you know, kind of shoddy practices and, you know, kind of predatory behavior by some of these places. So um, that's kind of it for that as far as product goes. Um, for those of you that are kind of new to UMI, um, I, I, I want to say I think it's probably one of the most well-designed like beautiful user experiences like within the cosmos so uh the the website is umi.cc and then you go launch app uh just a dark mode obviously um but not only is the website beautiful but they nailed the kepler launch so uh, if if you're like me and you're terrible at updating your apps um umi the app that you would see on your desktop also exists on your kepler mobile um it's fully integrated um, and the user experience borrowing and lending, especially even on like Anchor back in the Terra days was kind of like a nightmare. Um, but the experience that I've had on um, the UMI borrowing and lending on mobile has been like incredible. Um, so I highly recommend, even if you're not necessarily, you know, the kind of person that's going to get into borrowing and lending yet, um, <laughs> it's a drug. Um, definitely check out the mobile app as well because it is just i mean whoever your design team is like they just you know as far as i'm concerned they've knocked it out of the park uh i love it um no we really appreciate that man we we've we actually we took a different approach we don't have designers we we are like all engineers so we we're kind of like really just being scrappy with the design and and trying our best but yeah we really appreciate that man um but we're an engineering first company um, okay, and now let's uh, let's kind of move on to like the I guess governance, and then we'll have a couple kind of general questions, and then we can maybe take some some audience uh, some audience participation and feedback. Um, as far as uh, governance on UMI, um, at, especially with all that's going on on Atom right now, what is the what is the wait time? What does the governance process look like from kind of start to finish? And uh, how active are you kind of seeing um, UMI stakers participating? Uh, yeah, I, I can take this one. Um, I deal with a lot of the validators in our governance process. We've got a five-day uh, governance process on UMI. So, you know, uh, you post on Commonwealth and you kind of get uh, discussions going and get input from the community. And then, um, you know, you, you post a proposal on chain and five days later, you know, you, you see whether or not it's passed. We, we see a lot of um, contributions from our validator community, actually. Because, you know, we, we do have a lot of grassroots people on there and, you know, they're, they, they build tools for, you know, um, how to tell whether or not the price feeder is going well, tell whether or not our, um, you know, our Ethereum bridge infrastructure 
is going well and they all tend to help each other out and they, you know the same goes for our governance process they're incredibly active and um you know very vocal especially about listing new tokens as i'm you know sure that makes a lot of sense um but yeah that's our process and you know we tend to have a lot of activity yeah it's, i i think there's like a different version there's like a template if you're trying to get an asset listed versus you know just a regular kind of uh you know different type of proposition um the turnaround time is pretty quick too i it's you know five days compared to what we're seeing on you know the, the atom uh discussions currently it's you know 14 days which kind of seems like a an eternity in, in crypto time um so it's nice that you have kind of like a, tur a tight turnaround uh i think one of the bigger proposals that just recently passed was um the community dao um and that was funded for one quarter um i think it was about 20 million uh, tokens for a community treasury, and then uh, I guess a salary for those particip those participants that are kind of running it. Um, would you like to talk about where that idea came from, and and how you think that's going to help, um, you know, drive you know eyeballs and TVL to uh, the UMI blockchain? Yeah, I mean, the idea really came from the community. I mean, there was a lot of tasks that. You know, we're, we're a decently sized team, but like I mentioned, we're all engineers. So there's stuff that we have blind, like blind spots on. And the community really came in and said, like, hey, these are things that I think we could work on. What do you think? And and that just kind of like just rolled into this community DAO. Um, basically, anyone, well, we can submit work that needs to be done. Anyone can really submit work that needs to be done. And then there can be an allocation of like funding there. Um, and it's really just a way to get the community involved, to reward the community, because, you know, our community has really stuck by us through a lot. Like, you know, we kind of launched right the height of the bull market. And then, you know, everything that's happened since then, I mean, the community has really stood by us and we, we really appreciate them. So this is our way of rewarding them. I do want to mention we do have another DAO, uh, the Validator DAO, which uses our community uh, fund delegations to provide delegations for staking. And so anyone that's a community validator that wants to apply to that, wants to support, can apply to that. I would even ad, ad, um, advise, you know, Cosmos Spaces to get involved with that. We'd love to have you on UMI. And I'm pretty sure the validator DAO would, um, you know, get you guys a delegation considering all the great work you guys do. Um, we want to support public works. We think you guys are public works. Obviously, you guys do a huge support. So, um, yeah, stuff like that. We want to support the community as, as much as possible. Um, and that goes to anyone in this community. I know Stakecito is on here. Stakeen is one of our validators. Everyone's really helpful. And, and the more, the merrier. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's cool to hear. It's it's nice to know that there uh, and, and the process for that community DAO, I thought was done really well, um, the way it was stood up uh, in Discord. There's different there's channels if you want to be a community DAO contributor um, and you would get access to these channels. And I guess they they post some uh, whether you're doing educational content, whether that be written or video, um, different community support. And it seems like you guys have a pretty like uh, I guess global uh, global group of people because there's tons of I see tons and tons of uh, community DAO submissions for translation uh, efforts and different different languages uh, different videos uh, so that's that's actually like really encouraging to see that it's just not you know one particular part of the world it's it's kind of like this very big global global community of people um, so that's something that you're interested in I in when you log into Discord uh, there's like a roles channel and you would just you know, go through and 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 select the CD contributor, and that'll give you access to the channels. Um, there's also some some information on their website on the different types of content that they're they're looking to kind of, I guess, have these bounties for that are 
Um, I believe they're distributed monthly, um, at least from from the research that I was doing. And and it looks like you know your community lead um, goes through those and kind of dishes out the the UMI tokens as rewards for you know the the items that have been completed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of that. <laughs> no, that sounds correct. And just stay tuned. Um, this is all going to be you know extremely Daoified, I would say. Um, we're actually in discussions with the folks from DowDow to bring that over once V2 is out. And so we're going to be, you know, Cosmosm is one of our big focuses. So anyone building apps, you know, hit us up. But DowDow is, is a thing that we're really um, looking at in terms of like, you know, making our processes more sophisticated and getting that process more automated as well. That's awesome. I think like one of the more, I guess, encouraging things in the Cosmos is that all these chains, like you've talked about, you know, your, your, sharing oracle stuff with kuji now and now we're talking about bringing over dow dow and now we're talking about you know being able to provide evm assets to potentially you know borrow and lend on cosmos native it's just like it's pretty awesome like the i guess the the camaraderie and and you know it's almost like you know the rising tide lifts all boats kind of mentality um so that's that's really cool to hear that like all these different uh chains are are kind of working together and not we're all rowing the same way rather than, you know, everyone's kind of going in a different direction. It's, it's really exciting in the space, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's that phrase, like, no one man is an island. Well, like, no app chain can be an island either. Like, if you don't collaborate, I mean, realistically, your app chain doesn't really have a future. So that's, that's the way we look at it. That's the point of IBC is collaboration. And so we welcome all collaboration with any Cosmos chain. Okay, cool. Um, we're, we're, kind of we got like one more section to go through here and then we'll take some questions um so let's talk one of the things you had pinned at the top oh, i don't know where it went uh you had pinned at the top was umiversity uh did you guys want to talk about umiversity how that came to be um and some cool uh i guess a partnership or or i'm not sure if it's a partnership or not with stash and and what what are we what can we expect from umiversity here in the near future yeah, so Umiversity actually came out as our doc site. Like that was the first use case. Um, I was coding basically like a VPress site and we wanted like docs. But then um, some of our community members like AJ, uh, for example, was like, you know, or our community team were like, hey, why, why don't we just expand this further? So our community team has really taken this to an, another level with their quizzes. Um, we have a lot of folks actually from like the Coinless sale that are pretty new to crypto, surprisingly. And so we found that for our particular community, it would be helpful to not just teach about, you know, UMI, but to teach about Cosmos in general. So what, and even further, what is a blockchain? So wanted to just educate them, get them to a place because leverage, you know, leverage is a more advanced feature set. Um, it's not like just doing like, you know, quick swaps. You have to be careful. There's things that you have to consider. There's, you know, strategies you have to implement. So we wanted to make sure our community had all that ready to go. Um, we love we love working with Stash. Um, we are going to be working with Stargaze as well in the future for a couple things. So we just want to, uh, like I said be earlier, we want to collab as much as possible. So anytime we have the opportunity to collab, we try to do it. Cool. And yeah, so Umiversity, they they had so far they've had two quizzes that they've released, and you can usually find them. I think they post on their socials uh, or their announcements in Discord and. It's it's you know you watch a video you learn a you learn about a particular topic the la the two that they've had so far is what is a blockchain and then the different types of blockchains um, answer some questions I think they're like five ten question quizzes um, and then based on your your um, proficiency after that um, you know you can go over to Stash and make yourself a 
you know, a badge. And there's there's been two to date. And I think there's more to come. Um, I think they, you know, they kind of hinted that there's going to be another one released pretty soon. Um, do we know how many quiz, quizzes we're going to get? And do we plan on branching into some of these more advanced topics, like you said, like borrowing, lending and things like that? Oh, for sure. Um, I'm not sure on the exact number of quizzes um, because we're still in development on, on a lot of this, but um, you can see some more, you can plan on some more advanced things. I mean, the, the sort of idea behind this is a decentralized version of like uh, Coinbase Earn. Um, we don't want you to, ha you know, have to like, you know, it, we go by the philosophy of not your keys, not your, not your money. So um, it's all DeFi. So we want to, we want to give them, uh, give the community a way of, participating in something like Coinbase Earn, but completely decentralized all in their wallet. So um, that's what this is. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's it's really cool. If, and I think you can still take them. You may just not be able to mint the the stash badge for the two that have been done. So they're, they're pretty cool. And to and if, I definitely recommend checking them out. And, and, you know, especially as, you know, more more modules get dropped. Um, you guys seem to host a, a, a I guess a show or a Twitter space or a podcast of your own called into the Umiverse. Um, who are some of the guests that you've had in the past and uh, who are there any that you're like particularly kind of chasing after to, to get a, to get a shot at with in, in the future. Um, and, and what has that experience been like for you guys? Cause it seems like I listened to, I listened to several of them uh, either live or um, you, you guys post um, the, the audio to your uh, YouTube channel. Um, particularly the last one, Kuji was very, very cool and fun to listen to. So I definitely recommend people check that one out. Um, especially, you know, the more advanced people that are into, you know, borrowing and lending and, you know, how liquidations are, are going down and things like that. So what, who, who are some of the, the projects that you chatted with that, you know, were, were really, you know, kind of impressive to you. And then who are some that you're like kind of aspiring to, to maybe either do a partnership or, or at least have a little fireside chat with in the future? Yeah, so the way we we kind of get guests is it's really just like who are we talking to? Well, this is the thing we wanted to be transparent about how we're doing partnerships, right? Like, um, I think you saw that announcement with like Band and Osmosis, where Band was like, "We're partnering," and then every and then Osmosis and Sunny were like, "Well, what the hell is this? We don't even know what's going on here." So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. Is like, you know, before that we would have these partnerships kind of calls with different devs and different projects and it was like well why don't we get the community involved they should be able to hear like what we're thinking too they should be part of this like it's a decentralized world the community should be involved so that's what those really are is once we actually have sort of initial talk with a partner or potential partner work on we want to you know present that to the community and talk about it so um some of my favorite ones so far um well I love having Waz on every time um, to talk about the Oracle because I'm I'm really excited about that project spinning off. But um, outside of that, because I'm a little biased towards him, uh, Kujira obviously was a really cool one. Um, they're doing some really good work um, with their mobile wallet, and they just they're an inspiration in terms of the way they ship and the way they are willing to collaborate as well. Um, the Crescent Hub was actually a really interesting one too because. That that one involves one of the one of the features I'm most excited about, which is their liquid state, their uh, liquid LP tokens. Um, like I think they call them liquid farming tokens. Um, basically, what they're doing is they're taking their LPs and they're making them um, based on an index, so that you don't have to leave them on Crescent Hub to gain your APY. And so what that's going to allow us to do is use them as collateral. 
So you can have your LP on Crescent Hub, bring it over to UMI and use it as collateral. And so that talking about that collaboration was fun because we got a lot of great feedback on that. The community actually gave us a lot of ideas on new features to bring to that as well. And that could spell a lot of different collaborations with a lot of different DEXs in the future. Um, I mean, you see the upcoming DEX wars with like all these different like order books and some uh, AMMs launching and and we, we want to work with all of them. Yeah, you guys have kind of positioned yourself in in a in a cool spot as far as being able to, no matter how many come out, like to still be able to kind of capture some uh, or the ability for people to kind of you know provide and and borrow and lend on their assets. Um, as far as kind of borrowing and lending, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, what what are like so everyone who's seeing this landscape right now with all of these loans unwinding or all these you know you know exploits and and hacks? Uh, what what is Umi doing to kind of keep uh, customers, I guess, funds safe uh, to kind of prevent some of these things? Like, I think one of the big ones that kind of came to my mind was the mango markets over on Solana, where a guy, you know, kind of manipulated the price of 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 whatever that token was. I don't know if it was if it's called mango or not, but he manipulated the price of it and was able to kind of essentially fleece the entire TBL of uh, of of the protocol. Uh, and I know I know recently they've passed. Uh, some uh, governance proposals to kind of circumvent that. So did you guys want to talk about that and maybe some of the other things you're doing to kind of, again, you, you said you've lived through the Terra, the Terra collapse as well. So uh, we, we all kind of learned a, a lot from, from that. So can you kind of provide some insight to us? Yeah, I can, I can take uh, uh, the, the initial part of this one. So uh, Mango Market was one of the most eye-opening um, situations in crypto because it wasn't really a hack it was an exploit someone basically used you know market manipulation tactics to um influence the price of uh, of small cap tokens and this resulted in you know being able to uh you know uh uh exploit you know quite a bit of value from from mango markets and the the what what's what's interesting is that you know the exploiter abraham um he actually doxed himself and he started to uh, write a lot of commentary. He basically disclosed all of his strategies for, you know, how he executed these exploits. And he started posting them on Twitter, got a lot of popularity. And in a way, it was sort of like a roadmap to, you know, how to how to defend a borrowing and lending protocol. So after he went on to Twitter, um, there was, you know, close to four or five other uh, smaller bond and Brent Lynn protocols that were affected by this due to the fact that they were, you know, handling low, low market cap, low liquidity assets. And it basically created a roadmap for, you know, how to, how to defend against these and how to, how to create better measures. You know, a lot of it relies on a stronger Oracle or Oracle that uh, takes into consideration some of these different price actions, um, as well as just different ways of ensuring that, uh, you know, ways to protect against uh, low low market cap assets, and so um, you know, we we've spent a lot of time researching this and just coming up with different risk metrics for how to defend against these. Um, I don't know, Waz, do you want to talk a bit about just what we're doing on the Oracle side and just how how we're taking some of these preventative measures? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you guys want to, you can actually go into our GitHub and see part of our discussion around what we're doing. Um, we're launching something called historical pricing, which is going to be a part of, you know, V2 of this Oracle on UMI. And essentially it allows us to 
um, have a, you know, a median of the last 30 days of prices and allow the leverage protocol to make decisions around what the user should be able to do based on that information. And what's really cool about building oracles in an environment where we have you know, we have some low market cap assets that we really want to support. We have extremely high transaction volume because, you know, IBC is so fast. We're building technology um, that is the, the most protective it's ever been, right? Our Oracle is focused on DeFi first. And you're going to see all those features come straight to OHO right out of the box. So all of those, uh, you know, protections that we've been working on, we do, you know, statistical modeling to make sure that all of our, um, you know, oracles are as safe as they can be while also allowing users to take positions that they want to during market volatility. Um, you know, we, we really, it's a balancing act. And our team has the, you know, ability to focus in on problems like these that are, you know, coming to light you know, a month ago, a week ago, this is really cutting edge stuff that we're working on. And, um, you know, I'm just excited. I know I'm shilling OHO a bit, but I'm just really excited to bring it to the the broader Cosmos ecosystem because these are protections that other protocols are going to need as well. So, you know, the work we're doing at Yumi for this, it's really going to affect the entire ecosystem very soon. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, as a last line of defense, we're adding IBC rate limiting. So, if anyone is able to skirt by our Oracle protections, if if there's something we completely miss, there will never be like a hundred million dollar hack on UMI or anything like that. There's going to be a cap on how much they can actually seek to exploit. That's that's the end goal is uh, mitigation overall. Yeah, what, one of the things that I really kind of was, I know, well, gave me a lot of confidence in in your team is that I think when that mango market thing happened, I think within like a week, there was a proposal or something up to like, or at least a discussion about it. And, you know, I know that I think there's a govern, there was a governance thing, you know, not that long ago, actually passing some of these, you know, things to protect on these, like kind of the lower cap assets, uh, you know, especially like the, the UMI token. And I think like, you know, limiting like how much you can borrow against, you know, you can only borrow like UMI one-to-one, but then like, you know, a, a percentage threshold of like USDC. So I think just the proactiveness of like, you guys saw that this happened in the marketplace and and then you know you guys are actively like jumped on trying to you know get something in place to kind of protect people from the same thing happening um sounds like that guy should probably get hired somewhere um <laughs> i i thought it was funny i think after it happened he he posted he like since he had so many tokens he like voted himself like uh he like vote put up a DAO proposal to not hold him responsible or something like that and then pass it or something like that it was a pretty interesting story but so i'm glad that you guys have kind of taken uh that experience and and already you know it seems like you guys have a really solid plan to 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 kind of prevent that a similar thing from happening and i'm sure you know as time goes on it's like people get smarter and smarter it's like you know what is it like the spy versus spy like you always have to kind of stay on your game because like who knows what the next crazy thing someone comes up with, but um, all we can do is kind of be vigilant and proactive about some of these some of these things. Or if we see it happen somewhere else, we need to kind of you know figure out how how that could potentially affect us. Um, that kind of wraps up all the I guess the the major topics and questions that that I wanted to kind of touch on. Uh, before we get to maybe some user questions, uh, if anyone wants to request or come up. Um, I would like, I would encourage everyone in the audience to, you know, follow the speakers, follow the co-host, follow the host, uh, Brandon, Brent, Waz, Umi, Cosmos Spaces. 
uh, myself. Uh, follow them for updates. Um, Umi's got a got a really vibrant Discord. Uh, they have that community DAO uh, that you can check out and see if there's something that you can do in your spare time. Maybe if you're really good at you know a different language, they do a lot of like translations on their documents. Uh, it, it, they have a lot of cool stuff happening, and I think uh, I, I know we say it all the time, but I really think you're early on this one. Uh, it's it seems like again they just launched pretty pretty recently their mainnet, so uh, it's worth kind of checking out. And if you're like I said, if you're afraid of borrowing and lending, you know just just start small and and you know encourage some uh, education from people who have have been down that road before, and they can definitely help you out and. And like I said, the site is beautiful. It's very intuitive. Um, yeah, I, I appreciated uh, your guys uh, chatting with me and 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 answering our questions for 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 everyone here. Um, is there anything before we kind of go to some questions that I didn't cover that you would like to talk about or or kind of announce to to the people listening here? I mean, I I think that's it from our side, Brandon. Do you have anything? I mean, I was going to try to work in the phrase, have fun staying Oracle at some point, but um, <laughs> it didn't happen naturally, so I'll just say it now. <laughs> he, he's been talking about saying but, that um, yeah, for a week. Go. That's my final word. <laughs> cool. Um, it looks like we had uh, Homestead come up. Um, hey, thanks, Shroot. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to keep spamming you there with the request button. Um, first off, I would love to just homestead high five everyone who chatted tonight and thank you guys for giving really good descriptions of things and kind of like talking about the things that worry people and talking about the benefits of it and like that that was a really kind of you don't you don't see teams do that often or you don't hear teams do that often um and so thank you for doing that and playing both sides um i did uh shoot i, I followed woes and brent and brandon um brandon we got to get you a rack you're like a ringer bro and you 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 need a rack <laughs> Wait, um, what do you mean what do you mean I, i'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh, robo would understand what i'm getting at there that last statement from you that last two statements from you you're a raccoon man you you need to be part oh, of oh i got you no i am a raccoon dude i, I support hell yeah you guys watchman i'm ready <laughs> hell, hell yeah man you're part of the pack for sure um anyways i have a couple of questions sorry um bear with me guys because usually i can interject in most of the spaces i'm in i've written some notes tonight so um all of this and the lending the borrowing it goes back to the liquid staking at some point we're creating our own problems aren't we with liquid staking and then allowing people to lend or borrow what they're liquid staking, things like that um, seem to be not good financial planning for me in the future or like looking at the future. Um, those types of things are not going to make a healthy ecosystem. Is that, am I, am I just scared because of the things that have happened recently or what do you guys think? I think you're right if it's completely unregulated. And I say unregulated meaning from a DeFi approach, not from like a SEC approach or anything like that. But um, like if we just go in and we just say, okay, full DGEN, 
who gives a fuck? Let's let's have all these different uh, these different tokens be collateral and no no safety procedures. Obviously, that's going to happen. I mean, look at Anchor, right? And the reason I keep bringing up Anchor is because the lessons we learned from Anchor are important into creating a stable solution. Like, if we're going to say leverage by itself is dangerous, then we should all just give up. We should all just go back to Web two, and we should just you know suck up the traditional finance because that's just giving up. We have to find the safe path, just like traditional finance was dangerous at a point. If you go back to the 1800s, stuff that happens in DeFi was happening in the traditional markets. Okay. So that's like what the mindset we're on is how do we make DeFi safe? So yeah, you're right. If we just do this with no safety measures, you're hundred percent correct. But what we have is like max collateral share, for example, means that no one asset is ever going to get to the point like Luna was for um, anchor that one asset can just take out the whole protocol. Those those are safety measures that we're t- putting into place, and we're obviously welcome to suggestion as well. But you're, this is not a DGen protocol. I just want to make that very clear. Like what Brent's vision is, bringing the debt markets to um, to crypto and bringing the bond markets to crypto, that can't work with a D- DGen protocol. We got to let the other guys, you know, do the DGen stuff and get the high APYs and everything. Everything on UMI has to be sustainable in order for this to work. Yeah. And actually, can you can you kind of touch on that a little bit? So, uh, you know, Anchor was, you know, flat 20 percent, blah, blah, blah. Um, And and it's funny, like as as this the events and volatility was unfolding these last few days, I think the average rate of interest on like supplying, you know, something like USDC or UMI is like, you know, low percentages, but it's fluctuating based on, you know, market conditions. I think when all the when all the craziness was going on, you know, yesterday or, or whatever, I don't know, this whole week has been a blur. Um, you know, I think USDC got up to like 30%, but then like this morning, it's back down to like, you know, 2%. So are there, I assume that's all done behind the scenes automatically. Um, can you, uh, there are levers that you can kind of, I guess, push to, you know, make something more or less attractive based on, you know, the borrowing interest or the supplying interest. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing that's different between Anchor and ours is Anchor really segmented their earn and their borrow. So like you weren't actually getting like a sustainable like borrow rate or a sustainable deposit rate. You were I mean, it was Ponzinomics, right? So the 20% on the earn part came from TFL and, and the Anchor token itself. And it was kind of just put like like there's no like logical explanation on how that 20% came about. And on the other side, the borrow rate, the borrow rate was basically being uh, subsidized by by the Anchor Ank token. And so that's not what you see on UMI. If you go on UMI right now, you can see how our interest rate algorithm actually works within our, our GitHub. You can see how it works in our docs. The interest rate that you get on supplying is completely based on how on how many people are borrowing and what their interest rate is. So it's completely sustainable. Of course, we're going to introduce liquidity mining in the future, but it's going to be sustainable. It's not going to be this like, you know, 20 percent APY on on US on on like UST or USDC or something. So the, the key word here is sustainability and real interest rates like um, and this is all. DeFi, you can see how it works within our docs and within the code itself. Yeah, I'll also just jump in, jump in here a bit. I mean, you know, with with DeFi, with crypto, you know, these interest rates always tell a story, and whenever you know rates go up, there's there's a reason. Um, yeah, back to Brandon's point, like, you know, when you look at when you look at Terra's rates, um, they were basically subsidized by just inflation of the anchor token as well as just um, 
um, basically <clears throat> moving rates around and not really having an economic basis for how you know these rates should be allocated. But to um, Homestead's Homestead's point, um, when you when you leverage a liquid staking token to borrow more of the native token, uh, these are roughly parity assets where their where their prices are in parity, and so any risk you would have when you're exposed to a situation where you deposit a staking derivative and then you borrow, you know, the the native. Hey, hey, Brent, I'm sorry, I have to pause you because the liquid staked, um, like ST Atom or whatever. The, the that idea that it's pegged is it it's not proven yet like right yeah just to just to uh just to you know uh hone in on that point so it's not proven that it's going to be always pegged and so any risk you have is going to be based on the actual architecture of that liquid staking asset so of course if it's like a low quality liquid staking asset you're not necessarily going to be uh uh, you're not necessarily going to be in the right scenario, but if you're in a, uh, you know, basically like a, a trusted liquid staking protocol, it'll be different. This is what we saw with um, with Ave Stake ETH. Remember um, when we were looking at the merge? So ETH 2.0 merge was happening, and so Stake ETH at one point was trading at a uh, at a at a discount to actual ETH because people didn't have a lot of trust in that liquid staking solution. Um, and so, uh, the, the truth of the matter is, is that the spread between these liquid staking assets and the native assets is also going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a direct, a direct indication on the, on the protocol itself. So, um, everything is risk, um, and everything uh, is like a risk assessment. When you say a direct, uh, indication on the protocol itself, you mean the liquid staking protocol, not the home staking protocol, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the liquid staking protocol. Um, but what's so, going to be, uh, yeah, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you again, but like what you're talking about, it sounds like we're still in kind of this almost like, I mean, and we all know it, it's a trial and error phase, right? Like we, to figure out what liquid staking protocol is going to be the good one that has the asset pegged. Well, um, isn't that part of what's going on here? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Randy, if you want. Oh, yeah. I, I was just wanted to add in that, you know, this is a this is a discovery mechanism. Um, you know, liquid staking has been the holy grail of of Cosmos functionality ever since, you know, Cosmos was created back in like <clears throat> um back in the early days. There have been so many liquid staking models. And that's why we see like like five or six different liquid staking protocols. There's like Stride, there's Quicksilver, there's neutron there's you know uh, uh um staking easy there's you know so many types of liquid staking protocols yes sir tons of it tons yeah of it, right? this is really the the holy grail of you know how to make proof of stake functional you know one perspective is that you know in the future what if we just didn't even have the native token itself what if all tokens were were liquid staked and instead of um instead of having like you know native tokens you can just you know, utilize the liquid staking tokens. And so you would bypass that, you know, the whole unbonding period. And so this Brent, is basically a way to optimize some of the yield, the yield aspects of this ecosystem. Yeah, what's up? Brent, Brent, what you just said, wouldn't that be the truest version of IBC? 
could be, you know, IBC like, is a... you don't have to have your native token staked on a native chain. You can just freely move it about. Wouldn't that be the truest version of IBC and like the way we make this economy better than every other one? You're going to have to ask Jay Kwan that question if, if that was his vision for IBC, but it would, it would be pretty amazing, you know, being able to, uh, yeah, truly seamlessly uh, interactive proof of stake that way. I mean, that's going to that's gonna create a you know, new dynamic or everything. Right. I feel like he's talking about the me tokens. I don't want to share any alpha, but um, I feel like he's talking about me tokens. I won't, I won't say more. For sure. And, you know, just back to our original focus, you know, we're, we're a barn and lending protocol. And so, you know, we're here to, you know, implement safe barn and lending, implement safe leverage. And so, you know, everything we're talking about is is based on just understanding risk profiles. Um, you know, Abraham, the guy who uh, who you know exploited Mango Markets, you know, he left a really great roadmap. And basically, you know, we're doing everything we can to understand that risk and just implement the right barn and lending per parameters. And so, liquid staking is part of the picture. You know, volatile assets is another part of the picture. Stable coins is another part of the picture. And we're just here to help build a cohesive puzzle or build a cohesive, you know, uh, way to f let all these puzzle pieces fit together in the right way so that, you know, this can be the, the safest, most effective bar and lending protocol. And so, you know, the key to doing this is just not doing it fast, but doing it right, you know, doing it, uh, doing it effectively. And, you know, we're not, we're not here. It's like Brandon said, we're not here to be DGENs. We're not here to, you know, just try to onboard as much DGEN TVL as possible. Uh, the goal is to build a, a safe platform, and that's why we're taking things step by step to make sure that we we check all the boxes when it comes to this protocol. And I know we're almost out of time, but Homestead, I just want to invite you to our Commonwealth, man. Before we launch any asset or even consider launching it, we have a full discussion about what the risk ratings should be and the risk params. So this would be great to have you in there, just some of the insights that you have that you're sharing. Let's get you in there because all Thank of these you. all of these staking derivatives, we're treating them as like you know, public enemy number one before they're proven. So we don't want to give them as generous risk params as like the native asset itself. So we could use some of your insights there. Cool. Well, thank you for the invite. Um, are you guys, uh, you guys have some a meeting to get to? You're about out of time. Yeah. Uh, Can I ask one more question? Um, and it could be for anyone. Anyone in the space could answer it. But how do we take lend and borrow uh, in the cryptocurrency sense and make it like legit, like lend and borrow, like people can buy a giant piece of property that's on sale or like the strip mall that is vacant and re renovate it, you know, like how do we take lend and borrow cryptocurrency there? Maybe I am a rat because we're, I think we're thinking on the same vision. That is the long-term vision. So real world assets, obviously, like the point isn't to just be like, you know, crypto, it's eventually to take this to the next step. So like Brent mentioned with UDX, the first step is like a lending DAO um, that helps you get to like an under collateralized version of lending with crypto. It, and it has to happen incrementally. Like you can't just jump directly into it because like you see with like FTX and all this stuff happening, if you move too fast, you can you uh, you start to do things a little bit too degen. And that can lead to problems. And so we want to take a slow and steady approach. We want to learn as we go, iterate over time. I think UDX with Brent's vision is the first step towards what you're talking about. 
Um, and then that will open the door. Once we show that we can do this in a safe and secure manner, there's a lot of regulatory hurdles that we have to capture. We can only capture that if we go slow and steady and we prove that this is just as good, if not better than the traditional finance systems. Yeah, and to add to that, you know, uh, the the holy grail with uh, with borrowing and lending beyond uh, beyond you know some of what we're doing with money markets. So you know, Umi Umi is is clearly a money market. Um, the next step of the of of the uh, of the process is going to be doing uh, fixed fixed duration. So fixed rate borrowing and lending. So fixed rate borrowing and lending uh, fixed term is kind of the holy grail for you know how to make how to make this you know real world real world usable. Um, you know, real world assets, you know, encounter this, this fixed duration. That's why, you know, you hear of 30 year mortgages, you hear of, you know, fixed term loans and fixed terms are basically how you, uh, how you forecast your cash flow during a certain time period. And, um, yeah, I mean, overall, that's, that's how you make it work. We got strong bond and lending. We have a very powerful Oracle. I think the Oracle is key. You know, don't have fun staying poor, Oracle, have a strong Oracle. Um, and Brent, uh, do you think we're at the point where we've got enough price data to do fixed term lending from crypto? Oh, no, not, 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 not at all. Uh, this, this needs more time to develop, um, fixed term barn and lending, you know, because it's such a powerful, it's a powerful thing. You need tons of credit score information. You, you need tons of, you know, on-chain data. And so we're just building foundations, you know, we're, we're making sure that, you know, we were able to pave the way for all this stuff to be built. So to answer your question, uh, not yet ready, um, but it will be the future for how we do this stuff. Awesome. I guess, I, I guess I mean, not just Umi and you guys and things like that. I mean, everyone, right? Like the whole world. Um, sorry. Yeah, considering that FTX and uh, all of these exchanges, you know, just went belly up. It's, a, it's an indication that, you know, we're, we're, we're at... And for with a poker analogy, we've barely seen the flop um, when it comes to this this ecosystem. And this is going to be a long, long hand. We're gonna we're gonna you know see a lot of action um, in the, in the future. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll be building on the mistakes of the past, like all this FTX stuff, you know, Celsius, BlockFi, you know, Luna, like um, Thurios Capital. It's all learning experiences, basically. It's just the the way that you build good stuff is you you learn from the lessons of the past you learn from the mistakes of you know people who just didn't do things right and just figure out how to do the right things in the future and uh it takes time it takes you know it takes you know concentration building and and that's why we're all here yeah hey hey thanks um so i i do want to be respectful of everyone's time uh white whale did come up they are a protocol and a validator um, I don't know if you guys had time for maybe like one one good question, and then we can kind of outro it, and and everyone can enjoy their Friday and weekend if that's okay with you. No, let's do it. Okay, go ahead, White Whale. Hey guys, thanks for bringing me up. Uh, yeah, a very interesting discussion. Um, thank you for that, and uh, just wanted to um, um, say that uh, we we are actually looking actively into collaborating with umi so uh, brand if you could like look into your dms on telegram i i've actually sent you a message so maybe we can work work something out and um, also when where my question is when are you guys planning on enabling cosm wasm 
So right now we're working on Cosmwasm. We're on um, SDK 046. We're one of the only chains on it right now. Um, as a as a uh, what's it called? As that gets um, so, sort of integrated into the 046 environment, that that's kind of the major impediment right now. Um, we're looking to launch that into our test net um, in the next couple days and then from there we're just going to test it fully so you could probably see cosmosm I, I would assume by the end of this year that sounds awesome maybe uh, we can already deploy on a test net maybe then um yeah let's let's look into further collaborations and then uh, yeah that's that's from my side happy weekend everybody thanks man awesome. i'm looking Thank forward you. to it thanks white well yeah i'll 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 check my my dms thanks for thanks for uh you know message from me there yeah cool uh brandon Waz, brent thank you so much for uh having a chat with us uh, i think it was a really good conversation um it was a pleasure kind of setting this up and talking to you guys hopefully you know maybe we'll check back in uh you know as far as the cosmos spaces crew crew goes um after you guys maybe launch your next product we can kind of do another one of these and and chat some more and, and kind of you know put the word out so I encourage everyone to follow follow the speakers, uh, Brent, Umi, Cosmos Spaces, uh, Brandon, Waz, myself, um, and and definitely check out Umi if you have not. Like I said, oh my God, the user experience and the UI it just blows me away every time I go on it. Um, so I don't I don't know if anyone else has any closing remarks, but if not, we'll uh, we'll close it out and uh, get everyone to their to their weekend. Well, the the UI for Oho is going to be sick too. That's all I'm going to say about that. Brandon and I have some pretty cool plans around that. I'll draw. I'll leave with a little alpha drop. You might be see you. You might see DPS become an actual price feed. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you all for being here. It was a pleasure uh, listening to to you guys talk, and, and happy to share this space with Cosmos Spaces. Cool. Awesome. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone, and I'm sure we'll uh, see you in the Umiverse. Thanks, everyone. Really great to see everyone. Yep. Take care, guys. Take care, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Yumi AMA, hosted by Cosmos Spaces. Recorded on Friday, November 11th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Shout out to Tendermint Timmy and the team from Spark IBC. Now you can donate with your Juno wallet using USDC and get some Spark points year round. Check them out at sparkibc.zone. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay. Checking that replay, sing along, and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody wanna rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, these sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their.
about how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund them. Pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog Like a fake mate and called at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointed too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music